0: you still haven't learned how useless masks are really fast food secrets more gross stuff and cleopatra has been found all that and more. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Monday. It is hot again. It's You know, it's not hot. It's humid. And I know the old thing, oh, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Here in Malaysia, of course, it's hot. That's just what it is. What's the weather? Hot. Full stop. But it hasn't been hot, hot, like usual. Like, you know, it's just this humidity that, digs into your bones. It's very weird. Anyway, we got all of that coming up tonight and a lot more weird stuff for you. Uh, We are live on Facebook, YouTube, twitch.tv, and rumble.com. And of course, also a podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, you name it, whatever platform, just search for The Jay Sheldon Show, look for that logo, and then click follow and subscribe. And that's it. Thank you. We get hundreds of people who uh, download our show every week, and we really, really appreciate uh, you doing that. Truly, truly, sincerely. From the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. All right, let's get her updated, shall we? Miko Update. (laughs) Yes, Miko Update. She's doing great. Uh, She refused to eat her food all day today, I don't know why she gets in these moods and she won't eat. I didn't even try to get her on the show tonight. As you know, on Saturday night, if you watched, I tried every trick in the book. I had her favorite treat here. I had her in the studio, but she would not come in. As soon as this camera goes live, she backs off. So I tried. I will try again. I'm not giving up. We will get her back live. It's been months since she's actually Sat here in the chair, in the air chair, uh, live on the show. So we're going to keep trying. Meantime, this popped up as a memory uh, from a couple of years ago. This, just a quick little video uh, of a kind of chariots of fire thing. Check this out. Boom. There she goes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that, that was her a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, she doesn't look any different, really. She has changed over the last couple of years. But uh, when I saw that, I thought, yeah, not so much. Not so much. All right. Uh, our Miko update is, of course, brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox. BarkBox.com slash Miko is our special link that will get you a free extra month. What is BarkBox? BarkBox is a box of dog toys and treats that comes themed every month you will get one and each month there's a different theme they're very cute they had a summer beach party they had a harry potter box they had all kinds of cool themes every month and you get a, a couple of toys which are specific for your dog you can specify small medium or large and you get a, a couple of bags of treats every month good enough to last you for a month and a dog chew. And they are all natural ingredients. They're good for your dog. If you have any, al- your dog has any allergies like chicken, fish, beef, whatever it is, lamb, uh, you can specify that and they will make sure that you don't get products with that in it. So they're very, very, they're looking out for you. And they really do a great job. Customer service is incredible. If you're not happy with something, they will replace it. No questions asked. Now, I will remind you that this is available to ship only in the U.S., U.S. territories, and Canada. Sadly, they don't yet, yet, ship internationally. But you got to get that fixed, Mark Box, because i got a lot of folks out there who are dying to sign up. So you sign up on a monthly basis, one month, six months, 12 months. Of course, it's a little less expensive the more months you sign up for. And if you use our special link, you will get a free extra month just for clicking BarkBox.com slash Miko. The link is in our show notes. That's our description down below and you can check them out, find out more about it. I encourage you to look into this company and I, I'm thoroughly uh, convinced that you will absolutely fall in love. Like I did with BarkBox.com. So please do check them out. BarkBox.com slash Miko is our special link. And you can go over there and, Get your doggie some monthly treats. They will love you for it. I promise they really will. <laughs> okay, moving on. Here we go again. The link is in our show notes for this and a couple of other links about the uselessness of masks. Uh, here in Malaysia, <laughs> where we have major daddy issues, we wait for our daddies to tell us everything we have to do. The Ministry of Health whom for the most part, I think Kyrie's a pretty cool guy. I think KJ is, at least it's nice to see somebody somewhat younger as a minister instead of all these 150-year-old farts. Anyway, they are going to do an announcement on indoor face mask mandate very soon. Hopefully, like now. Uh, Just a few months ago, they said if you are outdoors in a not crowded area, you don't have to wear a face mask whatever. Uh, But uh, they still require them to be worn indoors, even though face masks are useless. Look, I've done this show before. I've done things about, you can go back and look if you want to just look for the thumbnails about useless face masks. There is absolutely zero, no scientific evidence at all. No scientific studies that show that these cloth and surgical face masks do anything anything to prevent the spread of COVID. Just doesn't happen. Look it up if you want. It doesn't. They are useless. The Ministry of Health announcing whether face mask mandates for enclosed spaces may be withdrawn very soon. I sure the hell hope so. That, according to uh, Kyrie Jamaluddin, the uh, health minister, uh, during a media conference in KL yesterday, Uh, Reported by the national news agency Bernama, he said the matter's already been discussed internally at the Ministry of Health, and the decision has more or less been known, but he ain't announcing it yet. Uh, He then asked the media to give him a few days before an official announcement can be made. Um, uh, Seriously, with the science, which there is none about masks and exactly how useless they are, what's the point? What's ever been the point? But, you know, everybody wants to get scared and wants to, you know, follow daddy's rules. So there you go. Daddy says so. That's why you have to do it. Not because it's based in science. Just because we told you you have to. All right. Now, in addition to that, there's a couple of studies. Links are in our show notes. And you must, must read these because I keep seeing these idiot parents who have masks on their children. And it is... In, in my part, personal point of view, it's just short of child abuse. And I'm not kidding. Masking children, tragic, unscientific, and damaging. This from Ayer, the American Institute for Economic Research. Children, and we've always known this, the sciences do not readily acquire SARS-CoV-2, very low risk, spread it to other children or teachers or endanger parents or others at home. This is the settled science, according to this article. In rare, rare cases where a child contracts COVID virus, it is very unusual for the child to get severely ill or die. Masking can do positive harm to children, as it can to some adults. The uh, cost-benefit analysis is entirely different for adults and children, particularly younger children. When our children are growing up, when they're born, their formative years, they rely on the entire face to learn to speak. There have been studies done, and you can look this up too if you like, just search engine yourself to death out there, that children have been affected because the parents keep using these stupid, useless masks And the kids are slowing down in their ability, their cognitive abilities, their abilities to understand, their abilities to form language. COVID rules, here's another article, links in our show notes from the Daily Mail in the UK, blame for 23% dive in young children's development. 23%. That's a lot. Disturbing study shows scores in three key cognitive tests slumped between 2018 and 2021 with face mask rules among the possible culprits. So that's why I say, please, Ministry of Health. You should have done it a long time ago, but you must dump these stupid, useless mask mandates. You want to wear a mask? Knock yourself out. I still see these idiots driving alone in the car With a mask on. Loser. You want to wear a mask? Wear five masks. I don't give a crap. You want to believe they're helping in some way? They're not. Go ahead. You do you. But don't make the rest of us who have some intelligence and are able to read scientific studies be forced to do something that is completely, completely useless. We'll let you know. All right. I think I went off enough on that, don't you? <laughs> you know what else is useless? Fast food is useless. Oh, man. You're not going to believe this one. You are not going to believe this one. Go to the link in our show notes if you want to check out the article. It's from pupabc.com. I don't know. Secrets from the fast food industry. What was your favorite fast food meal as a kid? A lot of people say McDonald's. I I frankly prefer Burger King. I eat fast food. I know I shouldn't, but I do. Nuggets, maybe. Cheeseburger and fries with a shake. The first date I ever went on, we had McDonald's. Hamburgers, fries, and strawberry milkshakes. Mmm. Anyway... Take a deep breath, wipe your face, and get ready for people to spill the sweet tea about our favorite roadside eateries. This is on some of these stories. I'm not going to cover them all. I'm just going to cover a few. But you've got to check this out. Check out the article because there's a ton of them in here. Former fast food employees, please stop ordering fries with salt only to ask for a salt packet. If you want fresh fries... Just ask for them. I worked at Pizza Hut. Oh, no, not Pizza Hut. A pizza place that was infested with roaches, especially in the room where we'd receive the dough to sit. You know, let it rise. We'd also find roaches in the ice maker. Oh, man, this is so gross. You, uh, I also eat Subway once in a while. I kind of like Subway, actually. Um, you think Subway is healthy? They like to market it that way. Well, guess what? Not so much. Their bread, you know, they've got all these great uh, Italian Parmesan cheese, whole wheat. Their bread in Ireland is not legally considered bread. Not kidding. You know why? Because of the amount of sugar in it. They put so much sugar in the bread at Subway, that in Ireland, it cannot legally be called bread. (laughs) Not kidding. Wow. Uh, Yeah, here's one. I remember explaining to my manager that dipping the nozzles in Sprite doesn't clean them. Basic chemistry can be a tough thing to learn. Not everybody is cut out for a career in the sciences, but knowing proper sanitary procedures and the difference between beverages and cleaning products seems like kind of a no-brainer. you think they might cover that in the training video. (laughs) This employee saw her boss dipping the nozzles for the beverages into the Sprite. Because he thought it was like a disinfectant. You know, it's Sprite. It's acid. Must be acidic. Should be good, right? Yeah. And when you order a glass of water, you'll probably get a lemon wedge in it. You might want to ask for no lemon. The tiny fruit slice may spice up tap water a little bit, but it's a bit ickier than you think. You ever thought about who's slicing those lemons and how long they've been sitting out and waiting to throw into a glass? Never! order lemons with anything, ever. The lemons are chopped by people who mostly don't wear gloves. They're just grabbed barehanded and thrown into your drink. Yee. The list goes on here. The caramel frappe with extra caramel makes a can of Coke look like a cup of cream tea. It's just absolutely amazing here's a cool one for you if you're in the u.s this does not apply to malaysia or any other country that i'm aware of but on pizza hut's website you could order a large pizza with two toppings for 18 bucks but if you go to the deals tab that same pizza you can get it for eight dollars ten bucks off wow coupons and deals are the same thing in some places. Just because a business doesn't have any flyers with scannable savings, uh, ask what deals they have. Uh, Here's one. Don't get the decaf coffee at Burger King. Well, this one particular Burger King. Whenever someone ordered decaf at my uh, restaurant, not my, the writer, my manager would just have me water down regular coffee. I don't know why you'd order decaf coffee anyway. You're a communist if you do that. This article goes on and on and on. Uh, it talks about getting your money's worth of fries at Five Guys. And uh, yeah, the difference, by the way, at Five Guys, if you order a large fry, bad idea. The difference between a large and a regular fry, very, very small difference. So, and the price, very, very Big difference. So, check out the article. It is in our show notes tonight, and it's got a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, Okay. Uh, What else have we got here? We got... uh, Uh, Oh, yeah. You know, we did this story a while ago, and uh, we talked about it. We talked about it. Uh, let me see. Hang on just one second here. I, uh... I just need to do one quick thing. There we go. Okay, let's go back to our story here. We did a story about the most attractive man on Earth. And... It's, it turned out this ridiculous guy from who? Pegasi Days. All right, nice to hear from you. Thanks, Pegasi. Thank you for the, uh, for the like. It turns out the most attractive man voted by, I don't know, K-pop fans was this BTS K-pop singer guy. I don't know. Anyway... um, we found a new survey. And thank goodness they asked ordinary people. Because it was still bugging me that Henry, is it Henry Cavill? I forget what it is. Anyway, he came in number two to this ridiculous lesbian looking BTS singer, moron, goofball, ugly guy. Anyway, here it is from brightside.me. The link's in our show notes. The 20 most attractive men in the world. According to the opinion of ordinary people, the ones who count, you and me. Now, sadly, I looked through this list beforehand, and I'm not in there. I, I, I know. Shocking, right? Shocking. But I didn't make the list. But here's who did. Jensen Ackles is number 20. Tom Hardy. Number 19, number uh, 18, Pierce Brosnan. Respectable. uh, He's aged well, hasn't he? Handsome guy. Uh, Jason Momoa, number 17. Chris Evans is coming in at number 16. You see now, these are handsome guys. Ryan Reynolds, number 15. Harrison Ford, who doesn't look like that anymore. (laughs) Not by a long shot, but anyway, he came in at number 14. Keanu Reeves. This is such a variety pack, but indeed, all handsome men. At number 13, Hugh Jackman. Even with that nose, they gave him number 12. How about that? Number 11, Sebastian Stan. Look at those eyes. All right, here's the top 10. You ready? Matt Bomer from the White Collar TV Series. Number 10. Indeed, good choice. John Hamm, number 9. Number eight, Chris Hemsworth with those baby blues. Uh, Ewan McGregor, number seven. Very different look from the other uh, members of this list. Here's an odd one coming in number six, young Marlon Brando. Now, apparently this is alive or dead because Marlon sadly has passed on. But anyway, Danny DeVito, number five. Remember what I said about you don't have to be good looking to be a star and know how to act and have a huge career? Well, here's one. But he made the list. Number five is in the top five of the most handsome men in the world. Paul Rudd is number four. Number three, Idris Elba. Very handsome man. Uh, you know what? I'm not. A- oh, I do know who this is from Game of Thrones. Vigo Mortensen as Aragorn is number two. And here it comes, drum roll. Number one, the most handsome man in the world, according to ordinary people, Henry Cavill. There he is. <laughs> now, you see, that's a list that actually makes some sense. That's what happens when you talk to ordinary people, the real folks, the guys and gals on the ground. They're the ones who matter. All right, you ready for this? Speaking of, well, not ordinary people, extraordinary people, believe it or not, they think they've found Cleopatra. Yeah. Now, if you know anything about Egyptian history or Cleopatra, you'll know that is huge, huge news. Egyptologists have announced the ancient tomb of Cleopatra has been found. Cleopatra, the finest lady of her day, and one of the most recognizable people in ancient history, with unfathomable money and power, Cleopatra brought us to the world we have now, made significant contributions to human understanding, We should think about her every time we meet a professional woman, doctor, scientist, philosopher. At the age of 18, now listen, at the age of 18, she learned mathematics, economics, and nine languages. When she was 21 years old, she was building an army in the Sinai Desert, preparing to retake the kingdom. Her cunning moves helped her forge strategic and personal connections with Caesar and Mark Anthony, which altered the course of history. Twenty-one years old, she was descended from the Macedonians, known as the Ptolemies, not even Egyptians. A Legendary, of course, Queen of Egypt, remembered for a millennia as a ravishing seductress, well known, yet one of history's great mysteries remained unsolved. Her tomb. No one knew where it was, and that was on purpose. Some people think she's buried at Alexandria. The city was destroyed by a tsunami in 365 AD. Uh, it was where she was born and reigned from her regal palace. Others assert her last burial place might be about 30 kilometers away in the historic Tapasiris Magna Temple, constructed in the Nile Delta by her Tulamic forefathers. Anyway, nobody seemed to know the location of the Egyptian queen. Led to a huge amount of mystery, but two high-status mummies from people who lived in Cleopatra's reign were found at Tapasiris Magna, a temple on the Nile Delta Archaeologists in Egypt are probably close to solving the mystery of her burial. Two high-status mummies from the period of Cleopatra just discovered. This sensational find highlights the significance of the necropolis, that the most recent discoveries are connected to her. The mummies are in really bad condition. Uh, They were left undisturbed for some 2,000 years while water poured into the tomb, according to the Guardian. Crucial evidence contends that gold leaves were used to wrap the corpses. Wow. For the uninitiated, that luxury was available only to the people who belonged to the highest social classes. Archaeologists believe these two people had a very good chance of having met Cleopatra. There is a video, there is more on this article in our link in our show notes tonight. It is fascinating, but they believe, especially with the discovery of, of these two gold-wrapped corpses, that this could well be the tomb of Cleopatra, which has been a mystery forever. She purposely uh, hid her burial space, her, her tomb. didn't want anybody to know where it was. All right, we got a very quick good news thing tonight. It's, a, uh, it's from Happy Gardens, it's a Facebook post, links in our show notes, and if you're listening on the podcast, sorry, this one is a pure visual, but it is so cool. This guy, David Hampton, planted larch trees in the Douglas fir forest. Now, if you don't know, a Douglas fir tree is a pine tree. It's an evergreen tree, so it is always green. Larch trees are not. They turn orangey-yellow in the fall, and they lose their leaves. But what this guy David Hampton did was to plant these larch trees in this Douglas fir forest in Oregon in a very particular pattern. Take a look at this. Wow. Check it out. For those of you on the podcast, check out the link in our show notes. He planted the larch trees in such a way that every fall, when the leaves turn orangey yellow, it forms a giant smiley face on the side of the mountain. That's an aerial view. And then the shot down below that is actually the, uh, the look across the mountain at this giant smiley face on this. That, that is absolutely incredible. That is so cool. Again, like I said, it's a very quick little good news story, but I saw that I had to share it with you because I just, uh, it was so cool. Links in our show notes. If you're on the podcast, you want to check out that, or even if you're watching live or the, checking out the video replay, you can <clears throat> check the link and share it out on your Facebook or Twitter, or wherever it might be. By the way, you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that. It's at It's j Sheldon, I-T-S Sheldon. It's Jay Sheldon. Uh, you can follow me over there, but I'll warn you, I'm an extreme conservative. I'm a crazy ultra-maga guy, and you may or may not like the things you see on my Twitter. I do a lot of retweeting of uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Mm, yeah, so if you want to really know me with the harness off and the muzzle taken away, which sadly on this show we have to do a little bit of that, but follow my Twitter at It's J. Sheldon if you like. All right, cool beans. Let's see. We're going to move on to our book. Yes, it's time. We are on the last chapter of Sherlock Holmes. Wow. It seems like this book has gone on forever. Seriously. Uh, We've been doing a chapter at a time. Actually, not even a full chapter at a time. We've been doing parts of a chapter. Each chapter is a brand new adventure. And we are down to the final one. It's number 12, and it's called The Adventure of the Copper Beaches. This is a very long adventure, so it's going to take several streams to get through it. Let's get started. To the man who loves art for its own sake, remarked Sherlock Holmes, tossing aside the advertisement sheet of the Daily Telegraph, it is frequently in its least important and lowliest manifestations that the keenest pleasure is to be derived. It is pleasant to me to observe, Watson, that you have so far grasped the truth that in these little records of our cases, which you've been good enough to draw up, and I'm bound to say, occasionally to embellish, you've given prominence not so much to the many causes celebres and sensational trails or trials in which I have figured, but which have given room for those faculties of deduction and of logical synthesis, which I have made my special province. And yet, said I, smiling, I cannot quite hold myself absolved from the charge of sensationalism which has been urged against my records. You've erred, perhaps, he observed, taking up a glowing cinder with the tongs and lighting it with the long cherry wood pipe, which was wont to replace his clay when he was in disputatious rather than a meditative mood. You've erred perhaps in attempting to put color and life into each of your statements instead of confining yourself to the task of placing upon record that severe reasoning from cause to effect which is really the only notable feature about the thing. It seems to me that I have done you full justice in the matter, I remarked with some coldness for I was repelled by the egotism which I had more than once observed to be a strong factor in my friend's singular character. No, it's not selfishness or conceit, said he, answering as was his wont, and my thoughts rather than my words. If I claim full justice for my art, it is because it's an impersonal thing, a thing beyond myself. Crime is common. Logic is rare. Uh, Therefore, it's upon the logic rather than upon the crime that you should dwell. You've degraded what should have been a course of lectures into a series of tales. It was a cold morning of the early spring, and we sat after breakfast on either side of a cheery fire in the old room at Baker Street. A thick fog rolled down between the lines of dun-colored houses, and the opposing windows loomed like dark, shapeless blurs through the heavy yellow wreaths. Our gas was lit, shone on the white cloth and glimmer of the china and metal. For the table had not been cleared yet, Sherlock Holmes had been silent all morning, dipping continuously into the advertisement columns of a succession of papers, until at last, having apparently given up his search, he'd emerged in no very sweet temper to lecture me on my literary shortcomings. At the same time, he remarked after a pause, during which he'd sat puffing at his long pipe and gazing down into the fire, you can hardly be open to a charge of sensationalism, for Out of these cases which you've been so kind as to interest yourself in, a a fair portion do not treat of crime, in its legal sense, at all. The small matter in which I endeavored to help the King of Bohemia, the singular experience of Miss Mary Sutherland, the problem connected with the man and the twisted lip, and the incident of the noble bachelor, where all matters which are outside the pale of the law "'but in avoiding the sensational, "'I fear you may have bordered on the trivial.' "'The end may have been so,' I answered, "'but the methods I hold to have been novel and of interest.' Ta, oh, my dear fellow, what did the public, "'the great unobservant public, "'who could hardly tell a weaver by his tooth "'or a compositor by his left thumb, "'care about the finer shades of analysis and deduction?' But indeed, if you are trivial, I cannot blame you, for the days of the great cases are past. Man, or at least criminal man, has lost all enterprise and originality. As to my own little practice, it seems to be denigrating into an agency for recovering lost lead pencils, giving advice to young ladies from boarding schools. I think I have touched a bottom at last. However, this note I had this morning marks my zero point, I fancy. Read it. He tossed a crumpled letter across to me. It was dated from Montague Place upon the preceding evening, and ran thus. Dear Mr. Holmes, I am very anxious to consult you as to whether I should or should not accept the situation which has been offered to me as a governess. I shall call at half-past ten to-morrow, if I do not inconvenience you. Yours faithfully, Violet Hunter. Do you know this young lady? I asked. Not I. It's half-past ten now. Uh, Yes, and I have no doubt that that is her ring. It may turn out to be of more interest than you think. You remember the affair of the blue carbuncle, which appeared to be a mere whim at first, developed into a serious investigation. It may be so in this case also. Well, let's hope so, but our doubts will very soon be solved, for here, unless I'm very much mistaken, is the person in question. As he spoke, the door opened and a young lady entered the room. She was plainly but neatly dressed, quick bright face, freckled like a plover's egg, and with the brisk manner of a woman who has had her own way made in the world. You will excuse my troubling you, I am sure, said she, as my companion rose to greet her, but I have had a very strange experience, and as I have no parents or relations of any sort from whom I could ask advice, I thought that perhaps you would be kind enough to tell me what I should do. Pray, take a seat, Miss Hunter. I shall be happy to do anything that I can to serve you. I could see that Holmes was favorably impressed by the manner and speech of this new client. He looked her over in his searching fashion, and then composed himself with his lids drooping and his fingertips together, and listened to her story. I've been a governess for five years, said she, in the family of Colonel Spence Monroe." Two months ago, the colonel received an appointment at Halifax in Nova Scotia, took his children over to America with him so that I found myself without a situation. I advertised and I answered advertisements, but without success. At last, the little money which I'd saved began to run short. I was at my wit's end as to what I should do. There's a well-known agency for governesses in the West End called Westaways, and there I used to call about once a week in order to see whether anything had turned up which might suit me. Westaway was the name of the founder of the business, but it's really managed by Miss Stopper. She sits in her own little office, and the ladies who are seeking employment wait in the ante-room. And they are then shown one by one, which she consults her ledgers, "'sees whether she has anything which would suit them. "'Well, when I called last week, "'I was shown into the little office as usual, "'but I found that Miss Stopper was not alone. "'A prodigiously stout man with a very smiling face "'and a great heavy chin which rolled down in fold upon fold over his throat, "'sat at her elbow, with a pair of glasses on his nose, "'looking very earnestly at the ladies who entered.' As I came in, he gave quite a jump in his chair and quickly turned to Miss Stopper. That'll do, said he. I could not ask for anything better. Capital, capital. He seemed quite enthusiastic and rubbed his hands together in a most genial fashion. He was such a comfortable-looking man that it was quite a pleasure to look at him. Are you looking for a situation, Miss? he asked. "Uh, Yes, sir. "'As governess?' "'Yes, sir.' "'And what salary do you ask?' "'I had four pounds a month in my last place with Colonel Spence Monroe.' "'Oh, tut-tut! Sweating! Rank sweating!' he cried, "'throwing his fat hands out into the air like a man who is in a boiling passion. "'How could anyone offer so pitiful a sum to a lady with such attractions and accomplishments?' "'My accomplishments, sir, may be less than you imagine,' said I. A little French, a little German, music, and drawing.' "'Ah, tut-tut,' he cried. "'This is all quite beside the question. "'The point is, have you or have you not the bearing and deportment of a lady?' "'There it is in a nutshell. "'If you have not, you're not fitted for the rearing of a child "'who may some day play a considerable part in the history of this country.' But if you have, why, then, how could any gentleman ask you to condescend to accept anything under three figures? Your salary with me, madam, would commence at one hundred pounds a year. You may imagine, Mr. Holmes, that to me, destitute as I was, such an offer seemed almost too good to be true. The gentleman, however, seeing perhaps the look of incredulity upon my face, opened a pocket-book and took out a note. It is also my custom, said he, smiling in the most pleasant fashion, until his eyes were just two little shining slits amidst the white creases of his face, to advance to my young ladies half their salary beforehand, so that they may meet any little expenses of their journey and their wardrobe. Well, it seemed to me that I had never met so fascinating and so thoughtful a man. As I was already in debt to my tradesmen, the advance was a great convenience. And yet there was something unnatural about the whole transaction, which made me wish to know a little more before I quite committed myself. "'May I ask where you live, sir?' said I. "'Hampshire. Charming rural place. Copper beaches, five miles on the far side of Winchester.' It's a most lovely country, my dear young lady, and the dearest old country house. And my duties, sir, I should be glad to know what they would be. One child, one dear little romper, just six years old. Oh, and if you could see him killing cockroaches with a slipper. Smack, smack, smack. Three gone before you could wink. He leaned back in his chair and laughed his eyes into his head again. It was a little startled, I was a little startled at the nature of the child's amusement, but the father's laughter made me think that perhaps he was joking. My sole duties, then, I asked, are to take charge of a single child? No, no, not the soul, not not the soul, my dear young lady, he cried. "Your, Your duty would be, as I'm sure your good sense would suggest, to obey any little commands my wife might give, provided always that they were such commands as a lady with uh, propriety obey. You see, no difficulty, huh? I should be happy to make myself useful. Quite so. Uh, In dress now, for example, we are fatty people, you know, fatty but kind-hearted. If we were to ask, if you were to ask to wear any dress which we might give you, would you not object to our little whim, huh? No, said I, considerably astonished at his words. Or to sit here or sit there, would that be offensive to you? Oh, no. Or to cut your hair quite short before you come to us? I could hardly believe my ears. As you may observe, Mr. Holmes, my hair is somewhat luxuriant and a rather particular tint of chestnut. It's been considered artistic. I could not dream of sacrificing it "'in this off-hand fashion. "'Oh, I'm afraid uh, that's quite impossible,' said I. "'He'd been watching me eagerly out of his small eyes. "'I could see a shadow pass over his face as I spoke. "'I am afraid that's quite essential,' said he. "'It is a little fancy of my wife's and lady's fancies. "'You know, madam, Ladies' fancies must be consulted. Uh, "'And so you won't cut your hair?' "'No, sir. I really could not,' I answered firmly. "'Ah, very well. Then that seems quite settled, the matter. "'It's a pity, because in other aspects you would have really done very nicely. "'In that case, Miss Stopper, I had best inspect the few more of your young ladies.' "'The manageress sat all this while, busy with her papers, without a word to either of us, "'but she glanced at me now with so much annoyance upon her face,' "'that I couldn't help but suspecting that she had lost a handsome commission through my refusal. "'Do you desire your name to be kept upon the books?' she asked. "'If you please, Miss Stopper. "'Well, really, it seems rather useless since you refuse the most excellent offers in this fashion,' she said sharply. "'You can hardly expect us to exert ourselves to find another opening for you. "'Good day to you, Miss Hunter.' "'She struck a gong upon the table, and I was shown out by the page. "'Well, Mr. Holmes, when I got back to my lodging, "'found little enough in the cupboard, two or three bills on the table, "'I began to ask myself whether I'd not done a very foolish thing. "'After all, if these people had strange fads and expected obedience "'on the most extraordinary matters, there were they were at least ready to pay "'for their eccentricities.' Very few governesses in England are getting a hundred pounds a year. Besides, what use was my hair to me? Many people are improved by wearing it short, and perhaps I should be among the number. Well, the next day, I was inclined to think that I had made a mistake. And by the day after, I was sure of it. I'd almost overcome my pride so far as to go back to the agency and inquire whether the place was still open. When I received this letter from the gentleman himself, I have it here, and I will read it to you. The Copper Beaches, near Winchester. Dear Miss Hunter, Miss Stopper has very kindly given me your address, and I write from here to ask whether you have reconsidered your decision. My wife is very anxious that you should come, for she has been much attracted by my description of you, We are willing to give thirty pound a quarter or one hundred twenty pound a year so as to recompense for any little inconvenience which our fads may cause you. Uh, They're not very exacting. After all, my wife is fond of a particular shade of electric blue and would like you to wear such a dress indoors in the morning. You need not, however, go to the expense of purchasing one as we have one belonging to my dear daughter. Alice, now in Philadelphia, which would, I should think, fit you very well. Then, as to sitting here or there or amusing yourself in any manner indicated, that need cause you no inconvenience. As regards your hair, it is no doubt a pity, especially as I could not help remarking its beauty during our short interview. But I'm afraid I must remain firm on this point. And I only hope that the increased salary may recompense you for your loss. Your duties, as far as the child is concerned, are very light. Now do try to come, and I shall meet you with the dog cart at Winchester. Let me know your train. Yours faithfully, Jeffro Rucastle. That's the letter which I just received, Mr. Holmes and my mind is made up that I will accept it. I thought, however, that before taking the final step, I should like to submit the whole matter to your consideration. Well, Miss Hunter, if your mind is made up, that settles the question, said Holmes, smiling. But would you not advise me to refuse? I confess that it's not the situation which I should like to see a sister of mine apply for what is the meaning of it all mr holmes i have no data i cannot tell perhaps you have yourself formed some opinion well there seems to be only one possible solution mr rucastle seemed to be a very good kind natured gentleman Not possible that his wife is a lunatic, that he desires to keep the matter quiet for fear she should be taken to an asylum, that he humors her fancies in every way, to prevent an outbreak. That is a very possible solution. In fact, as matters stand, it is the most probable one. But in any case, it doesn't seem to be a nice household for a young lady. But the money, Mr. Holmes, the money... Well, yes, of course, the pay is good, too good. That's what makes me uneasy. Why should they give you £120 a year when they could have had their pick for £40? There must be some strong reason behind it. And that's where we will leave it for tonight. We'll continue on with this final adventure in The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes coming up on our next stream. All righty, folks, thanks so much. I'll see you again on Wednesday night. Have a great rest of your week. This is The Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. Ha (laughs) Ha <laughs>